0: Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the football podcast. Not many of these left, I'm afraid, because that's right, season is drawing to an end, drawing to a close. Certainly talking playoff football in this one, so stay tuned for that. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe, and comment. Drop any reviews you want to drop. Share the podcast around. Get the podcast out there in the world. That's where it's meant to be. Anyway, let's talk some football. Here we go. This is Cookie Cast, the football podcast.
1: Recording in progress. Yes, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. That unmistakable noise that means it's time for us to bring you another week of football based nonsense. Straight from the uh, annals of Cookie Cast Towers. Um obviously it is myself, your uh, your loyal your loyal host. I'm not alone. I'm joined by Nottingham Forest's finest, Matthew Moore, how are you, sir? Good, we're covered. We like to. <laughs> Hull City's finest, Mr. Schewer see. How are you, sir? It, it, it's over. It's over. We'll get to that momentarily. And for what could have been two of the longest weeks of his life, Millwall FC's finest, Mr. Andrew Cook. How are you this week, sir?
0: Oh, just, just trying to get over it, really. I don't want to spoil anything but
1: yeah to to say that um, it it was a bit of a run it's (laughs) over (laughs) well yeah to say that that particular uh, two week supporter journey was somewhat of a rollercoaster maybe a little bit of an understatement but we'll get to that in due
0: course I was referring to the Forest game
1: oh hey Well, we're not going to speak about the Forest game just yet. We will get to that. But we have got to start with the final week of the championship season from a regulations perspective. Obviously, we knew that Middlesbrough were making it into the playoffs regardless of what happened on the final day. Um, It was just a case that they had to work out who they would be playing. Um, But before we get to the Middlesbrough game, there is Hull City's final game of the season, which took place against Luton Town at Kenilworth Road. Obviously, Luton, nothing to play for. Knew they were going to finish third. Hull, not really much to play for. Knew they couldn't really move up in the table, only down. Uh, how did it pan out in the end, Mr Woodman T? We know why the listeners turn up
2: to this podcast to listen to us talk about our football because they know that every week we're going to start with a bang. So, from all the games that we're going to talk about on this there podcast, why not start with a nil-nil draw? That's right, ladies and gentlemen,
3: nil all. Um
1: the, yeah. the, the phrase "the phrase leave the best to last" was definitely made for this week's show. It's
2: it, it. The game of two halves, the podcast included, clearly. So, although technically is it four halves or four quarters? Oh, no, we can't do quarters. That's wrong. Ball. Anyway, moving on. Um, as predicted last week both teams did make a few changes and I think I was right in saying that I'm, I wasn't sure that Hull necessarily would make that many um, turns out we were pretty much bob on because Luton made 8 changes as they prepared for their massive semi final playoff with Sunderland um, there, there was only 4 changes for Hull um, we got Matt Ingram back in goal I mean he kept a clean sheet so I can't be too uh, grumpy about that um also saw one hundred appearances notch up for Mr Louis Coyle, club captain, so congratulations to him. I like him as a player. I think he's I think he's one of them that because he, he's the whole lad as well, so he's the hat on his sleeve, so I think he's he's done well to to go from League One all the way through up to where he is now. and um, if Keep putting the graft Because I would quite happily have him in the side He's one of them players where if he plays for you He's fine But I bet he's dead annoying if he's playing against you Because he's quite niggly um, But I, I quite like that um, It was also Hull's 14th clean sheet of the season uh, And it, the, the the last nine games Then finished basically with one defeat In nine games to end the season um, I had a little look back as well um, at the statistics since Rossini took charge, and he had 28 league games. So as it happens, pretty much bang on half of the season, uh, and they only lost six times since he took over. So it was definitely uh, you know moving in the right direction. Um, the game itself was probably, as you'd imagine, two unsettled sides with different periods of dominance throughout Um, not necessarily end-to-end stuff but both of them had a go when they felt up to it Um, the most surprising statistic I'd seen was that Hull had 60% of the possession I'm pretty sure that's not happened all season Uh, but they did only have one shot on target for all that They, they had plenty of shots but only one on target um, that does now mean a Hull finish in 15th place overall. As we discussed last week, they didn't uh, get to move up the one place they possibly could. Um, but it's it's an improvement on last year. Finished 19th last year and seven points better off overall from last season to this season. So a little, little bit of movement, but it's, uh, it's definitely all come about, like I say, since Rossini has took charge. So fingers crossed it's... Leaves leaves even though it finished a nil nil for the end of the season, it does leave a, a slight hint of optimism to say that we hopefully we'll continue on a bit of an upward trajectory
1: next time around. Absolutely, I mean obviously, like you said, they're higher higher uh, points higher than last season, a higher place finished last season. It's all positive, all steps in the right direction um, going into next season, obviously. Changes in the playing staff will be inevitable, so you'll see what they can sort of build up for next season. We've
2: we've already had one announced. Um, that, uh, Callum Elder's contract's coming to an end, and he's not renewing it. So, um, he's, I think he's had about four seasons with us. Um, so again, liked him as a player. Can understand why he's wanting to move on. Um, but yeah, we've, it's it's already started. And the interview that uh, Rossini gave after the game. Um. He'd already said, I've had some difficult decisions and difficult conversations to have. Th- I've already had them this week. So they've obviously already started the process of um, who, who's going where. And I, I wouldn't have thought that retention list will be too long in London, put it that way.
1: Yeah, I saw, obviously, on a slightly linked uh, sort of somewhat nature, that York City had announced their retained list today. Um, and obviously they finished their season a week before The Football League clubs did So I would expect to see something Around next Monday Potentially for all the Football League clubs Well the ones that are not Involved in the playoffs anyway um, from, a yeah, rub in, rub from a predictions perspective it From a predictions perspective Usual things applied here Mr Andrew Cook Positivity Just like his favourite uh, t- uh, WWE tag team The New Day um, he had gone for a 1-0 Hull City win and a list, uh, I, I believe I've just landed myself on his um, naughty list with that particular comment, so um, <laughs> Andy had gone for a 1-0 win with Longman so no points there for Mr Cook Matt had gone for a 2-1 Luton Town win Adebayo and Morris and two fans, Hull, no points there, both myself and Stew and picked a 1-1 draw. So managed to get ourselves a point for the result. Obviously, no goal scorers, so no points there. So, pointing to myself and Stu, Matt and Andy yet to score. Our second game of the week took us over to the Riverside, where this was potentially the first of three games in a row between Middlesbrough and Coventry City. Now, this one, um, Coventry went into the game knowing that anything other than a defeat would see them into the playoffs. So, I suppose from their perspective, they knew exactly what they had to do. Just keep it tight. Don't do anything stupid. See the game and make sure you don't lose. Happy days. Um, and they started off uh, as the better side. For the first 20 minutes, it sounded like they, uh, they basically bossed the game but didn't really get much of a touch. A couple of loose passes from the, from the, from the Borough players meant that... Um, Coventry were, uh, were given a couple of chances Worked the goalkeeper Flashed a couple just wide of the target And then on the second, uh, the 22nd minute um, The ball was given away yet again I believe by Paddy McNair In the back um, Coventry had a little passing move Through the middle of the park um, The ball ended up at Hamer's feet Just on the edge of the box And he um, smashed the ball past Zach Stefan for, for the opener uh, On this one uh, that's how it stayed until uh, the brink of half time um, when Middlesbrough got a corner played it in the played it in, ball was peeing around in the box uh, Cameron Archer managed to get on the end of it and smash it high into the roof of the net for the equaliser just going into uh, half time I missed this goal as um didn't realise that the game hadn't gone to the break so I switched over the channel um, to then turn it back on uh, to the start of the second half and was like ah they equalised it. that's nice um, so that was nice. I catched on the uh, on the highlights as it as it uh, as it turned out. Uh, second half, not a great deal happened by the sounds of things. Uh, Middlesbrough sort of took the game more to commentary in the second half. Got that equaliser. Uh, obviously tried to push on to get the winner. There um, was there was a, a passage of play where the ref had blown for a free kick, and about two seconds later, in the ball ricocheted off one of the commentary players into the back of his own net, but the ref had already, obviously only blown blown the whistle um, so it didn't count um, and that's how the game finished it finished 1-1 um, from a good news sort of perspective uh, there was a, a Middlesbrough comeback um, for the first time in two whole seasons for the right back Darnell Fisher um, he hadn't played since the 2020 2021 or the 2021 22 through in 2020-2021 season um, when he signed from Preston North End uh, he got quite a bad injury towards the end of that season in the off season um, and like I say he, he basically missed it for two full seasons um, so he came on um, in the 93rd minute as a sort of a. I think I, I, don't, I, I don't know if it was to, to get him it can't have been to get him minutes because obviously the came finished like two minutes later uh, but I think it was just a sort of a a good feeling sort of nice story for the for the for the supporters so to sort of welcome back this guy who'd been missing for so long um, so that was something nice to see um, they also brought on a young lad from the academy called Sonny Finch who, who came on again in the 93rd minute so didn't really have much, any any chance to make any attack any sort of impact in the game um, but again just showed that they've got depth in the squad for the upcoming games um, so that's how we finished. 1-1, um, Coventry got the point that they needed to guarantee getting to the playoffs and it was enough to finish fifth, which does in fact mean that we will see Middlesbrough versus Coventry for the next two games to determine who will go to Wembley to play either Luton or Sunderland as Stu outlined earlier on. From a predictions perspective, uh, Stu had gone for a 1-0 Coventry win with Guecares to, uh, to score the goal. Sadly, no points for him there. Matt and Andy had both gone for Middlesbrough wins. Matt had gone 2-1 uh, with Akpom and Archer to score for the Borough with Gierkares to score for Coventry. So, gets himself a point for the Archer goal there. Andy had gone 2-0 Middlesbrough with Akpom and Archer to score. So, again, gets himself a bonus point for the uh, for the goal scorer. Uh, I had gone for a 2-2 draw in this one. So, I managed to bag myself a point for the result. Uh, sadly, I did any, any of the goal scorers. I'd gone for Muniz, Akpom for the Borough, Yukaresh and Godden for Coventry City. Um, obviously, what that does mean is that, uh, sadly, Mr Akpom's consecutive home game streak ends at nine for the uh, for the Championship's all-time record. It stays at nine. Nine games scored in consecutively, Sadly, couldn't extend it to double feet. Ends the season on uh, twenty-nine 29 in all competitions, 28 in the league. He's still broken, though. He's still broken a record that's been sitting there waiting to be broken for a long, long time. Uh, but, yeah, sadly, no 30 goals a season for Mr. Ackbomb. Our third game of the season, third game of the season, third game of the week, sorry, takes us to The Den, where Andy's boys has, have been adopted within the last couple of weeks. We're taking on Blackburn Rovers. And this was one of those games that we discussed the week before, where several teams were in a chance of getting in the playoffs. Millwall went into this in sixth place. Blackburn went into this in, I believe, ninth position, uh, and they were the outside bet to get into the playoffs. Um, how would it pan out? That is the question. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't watching this in real time as it was. As I was more paying attention to the whole. Of the of the games that were going on, but this was live on uh, on Sky Sports to uh, to pay attention to, um, and the uh, the goal scoring was opened by a familiar name to the podcast, and um, I believe the eighth minute. Let me just double check that. It was indeed the eighth minute, and an absolute rocket into the top corner by podcast favourite Duncan Watmore to open the scoring for Millwall and put them in a very very uh, comfortable position. They knew that if they won, they would be in the playoffs. Um, Blackburn hit back uh, on the second and uh, the 22nd minute with a with a goal from Adam Wharton to make it one one. And I believe that momentarily put West Brom into the playoff positions. Um but then Millwall took over again. Um two quick fire goals, a second for Duncan Watmore, and then a third put in by Oliver Burke, put the uh, put the Lions 3-1 up going into half time, so half time comes. Plain sailing there's even a YouTube video of a guy just going, "Ah, oh, Milo have done this. There is absolutely no chance they bottle this from here." I think we can all know what's coming next. So, second half starts. Fifty-first minute, Blackburn get a uh, get a second goal back through uh, Joe Rankin costello Sixty-three minutes. Disaster strikes for Millwall with an equaliser scored by, according to the Sky Sports football app, Ben Brereton. No apparent add on surname there. So we'll go with what it says on the Sky Sports app. So Ben Brereton. But, then, but, but like, but was, Paul Merson
3: was covering it on their soccer special and he referred to him exclusively as the ass. <laughs> so no, 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 Raritan, just just Ben Diaz. not even Ben. Just Diaz. Diaz is putting in the back of the net there. So uh, maybe what happened is he used all the uh, Sky Diazes up, saying Diaz in the soccer special, but then they can't write it on the uh, on the website. That
1: that physically has to be the situation, and I, I, I'm more than happy to go with it. Um, and then great, every time he said Diaz I was like, that's, that's fantastic But
2: <laughs> <coughs> he's, he's, <laughs> gone, he's <laughs> just gone full South American now, he's gone full South American he's just going to have just the yeah, hey. on the shirt and that's
1: it <laughs> so, 3-3 game finally poised uh, and got the feel of a bit of a basketball game to it obviously sort of <coughs> to this point kind of needing the extra, kind of needing the goals. Blackburn, at this point, were very much out of it. They needed a huge goal swing to get into this. And obviously, they'd already continued three. Not ideal. Um, So they were kind of up against it. And it was actually Blackburn who pushed on to get the winner. Again, a second goal of the day from Mr. Brereton or Mr. Diaz. Or Mr. Brereton-Diaz or just Diaz, depending on what your persuasion is. Um, to, to break Millwall hearts and the game did indeed finish 3-4 uh, to Blackburn Rovers uh, pushing Millwall out of the playoffs and sadly Blackburn not able to take their place in the playoffs. That of course did left uh, did leave Sunderland to take the all important sixth spot in the playoff race and as we've said now on a couple of occasions they will play against Luton twice see who will go to play either Middlesbrough or Country at Wembley, they absolutely pummeled Preston away, as well, didn't they? It, it was um, it it was, it was a strange game because they kept go, they kept cutting back to it on Sky Sports News, and I don't want to say, I don't to put too fine a point, in it, but some of the finishing at Championship level is just is is desperately bad because the amount of times that a guy was clean through and still managed to hit him wide in that game alone was unbelievable and then Ahmad Diallo up pop up and absolutely spanked one in the top corner from 30 yards out and that was a cracking finish so well, that,
2: you just, that game just was nil nil. that game was nil nil at half time but just to put it into comparison like I say the Hull had one shot on target with 60% possession Sunderland also had around 60% possession but had seven shots on target they' were absolutely smashing
1: them it, it, it's a crazy division I mean people say it's the best of it's the best league in football so like you can understand that on, at certain times every team can beat every other team it certainly provides us with um, entertainment shall we say we'll go we'll go with that. So, Great sadness. Here, well, yeah, you're going to say and more. Often, more often than not, it just pisses you off, like uh, like you wouldn't believe. Um, so, predictions wise, I had gone for a one-one draw in this one. I'd gone for Fleming and Dolan to score their respective goals. So I get nada, zero points from that game. Mr. Woodburnsey had gone for a one 0 Millwall win with Bradshaw to score the goal zero points Mr Moore, no not Mr Moore, Mr Cook had gone for a 2-0 Millwall win, backing his boys, sadly they could not turn up for him he does however get the consolation prize of a goal from Watmore to soften the blow somewhat, to give himself a bonus point Mr Moore though slid straight in there, went for the 2-1 Blackburn Rovers win so he gets himself a point for the result I'd gone Bradshaw to score that goal for Millwall. No points there. Gallagher. And some guy called Brereton Diaz, apparently, to score, the goal for Bolt, uh, to score the goal for Blackman. So I've given him one and a half points. All right, I'll give him two points. Fact. Po- Paul's
2: got the world's longest pint of bitter, hasn't he? <laughs>
0: no, that's uh, that's definitely Mr Cook. But that's a topic we don't discuss on. I Mr. was going to say... After, the co- after a conversation earlier this week, I'm pretty sure mine's longer.
1: <laughs> right, so, three games in. Um, Mr Woodmansey and Mr Cook, just the one point to show for their, uh, for their efforts so far. Um, I have got two points from the three games. Mr Moore, three points from three games. Now, our last game of the week took us to the city ground for Nottingham Forest versus Southampton. Now, this game was quite in-depth and, um, shall we say, could take a large amount of, uh, of breaking down and uh, describing. So, before we dive into it, we are going to take a short break just to compose ourselves as, um, oh my, this one could get interesting. So I'm going to dig out my medical out. files. Yeah, I'm going to go <laughs> and dig my medical <laughs> files out and uh, we'll go through those. Absolutely. Don't touch that dial, ladies and gentlemen. We will be right back with more. Recording in progress. We said don't touch that dial. So if you touched it, you may have inadvertently done yourself out of this wonderful next section of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. So... We said we were going to have to take a break to recharge ourselves in preparation for this particular game. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to have to dive straight into it. I don't really know where to start with this one. Mr Moore. Nottingham Forest versus Southampton. What on earth happened here? Well, the common phrase is, can you do it in a cold, wet, rainy
3: night in Stoke? The question was, can they? Could they do it on a cold, wet, rainy night in Nottingham? Well, I mean to say, it was a relegation battle, and normally when you hear a relegation battle, you kind of hear one nil, kicking lumps kind of thing. No, we didn't get that. I think, I suppose, kind of, the, kind of, to preface it, I think Forest. I don't. I wouldn't call Forest free-flowing football. I'd say it's probably free-flowing counter-attack football. But then Southampton also play some quite nice football. But, let's get into it. Um, <laughs> well, I decided to watch this. And, uh, left it a little bit late to set up the television. So, I spent the first 20 minutes swearing at said television slash, um, river-based stick. and. Um, and also a company that sells you a day pass at an extortionate amount to watch said things but yeah they all got kind of cursed and put on a shit list somewhere um, but i'll get over it at some point no doubt um, but yeah once i got them once i got once i've got that working after 20 minutes uh, yeah i missed the first three goals so let's rewind back um so uh kind of early on forest So Forrest took the lead Through Teo Awanyi His second goal of the season Against uh, Southampton Really nice kind of counter attack Danilo spread the ball out To uh, Brennan Johnson Who basically had Whichever Southampton right back Was there at any point during the game Which we'll come back to in a bit uh, In absolute fit Um, So he took the ball Crossed it over Awanyi Broke into the box very similar, ironically, to his goal against Southampton in the reverse fixture at St Mary's. So one nil, one 0 quickly became two 0 Through, yeah, that man again, Tewo Te- Te- o- Um Kind of again, I think uh, Serge Aurier got the ball, uh, crossed it in, bit of a bit, bit of ping ponging, um, and then Danilo uh, dinked it in, and. I mean, light hyperbole from Jamie, Jamie Carragher at this point compared him to DDA Drogba, um, which I was like, that seems a bit much. But uh, I think held the one he held that held the defender off and kind of swiveled and volleyed it into the back, and that was a really tidy finish. Um, but yeah, comparing to D, comparing him to DDA Drogba, who's probably top ten. Premier League strikers. Certainly top 20. Kind of Premier League strikers of all time. Um, I was like yeah that's a bit much. But a really nice finish again. Of course. I think you know. I'm don't. i, I I'm not one to say I told you so. But I might have said I told you so several times. I did tell you gents. That Forest Lighters concede goals. So they quickly turned around. And conceded a goal. To Alcaraz. Um yeah, and, and it was standard Forest Fair, really sloppy defending. You watch it, and you can see Morgan, Morgan gives Morgan gives all the way on the halfway uh, halfway line, uh, chasing back. And then you can just see the series of errors going from there. But he's had an open goal, basically. He's just had to slot it past Navas. Um, and that was, that was it. And then just before half-time, I was thinking, did we get half-time? No, no, just before half-time, like I said, Brennan Johnson had been given the right-back fits. This time, though, I don't know what their left-back was doing. Played the ball in his own box, let it run a little bit too far away from him. Brennan Johnson plopped himself in between um, himself and the ball. Got a nice kick on the back of the heel for his things and went down like he'd been shot in said heel. Um, to which the penalty was given. Morgan Gibbs White spotted that one away, um, kind of down the middle, kind of tidy finish. Of course, usual um, kind of the stat of Forest missing more penalties than they've scored this season. Um, all right, but uh, yeah, so that one was kind of tucked away. Three-one at half time. Plain sailing, done and dusted. We know that this isn't the way the forest work. So, Q. Early in the second half, uh, a James Ward Prowse corner kick, a strong header from the from the defender from the defender li, 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 like like Ramos or something like
2: Leandro Leandro yeah something like
3: that.
2: It's, it's difficult to say with a whole accent that one because it sounds like you're friendly and company.
3: But I would say, and I think it's this kind of thing that's been a drum that I've beaten for a few weeks now. Slightly poor goalkeeping. I know it was close to him, but it was straight at him. I would, I think, he could have done better, the goalkeeper on that one. Um, but then the match kind of settled down a little bit after. we looked really on the ropes after that. I thought, Christ, if Southampton get another goal here, we could lose. But well, then they managed to build themselves back into the game, um, kind of seventy minutes, seventy minutes, seventy minutes-ish. Uh, nice break again. Um, yeah. Uh, it been, was it, was, uh, Johnson crossed it in, I think. Johnson crossed it in. Um, nice touch from Gibbs White. Really nice touch from Gibbs White, and Danilo sticks it in the back of the net for four-two. Um, looks like the game's petering out, I've got to mention this because it was probably the finish of the night and the celebration of the night, even though it didn't count, but a quick free kick, Felipe took the ball down, slotted it past the uh, slotted it past the Southampton keeper and then extremely ac- acrobatic celebration, if you can find it somewhere, because it's not on the highlights, which is an absolute disgrace, I know they've got seven other goals to fit in that actually counted, but surely <laughs> that should have been on. I think, and Morgan gibbs White absolutely well rinsed him a little bit on the uh, on on like the after show of the things like you know we shouldn't be doing that with his dodgy old knees and all that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he said he'd be getting some powders from that um, during training this week. But just to make sure that everybody was sat firmly on on the edge of their seat. Uh, Surridge, Sam Surridge decided to give away a penalty Which means his ass will be firmly on the bench Back to where it's been for a while now um, Gave away a penalty really, Again, Like I thought the Johnson The penalty that gives White Scored, Johnson went down really easy This one was just as bad I mean, He perhaps kicked to the end of his boot To say he kicked his toe would have been generous I think he perhaps rushed to the end of his boot but it's got a bit of mud on the end of his boot from the other guys, uh, but he went down like a sack of
2: shit. Uh, I think I think, I think that that's doing Johnson a little bit harsh. That because he was clever enough, he all he knew as long as he got his foot in front, that was going to be a penalty all day. There's nothing the ref could do with that. I think this one was a bit more subjective because at best it was a glancing blow from a feather on the end of his boot. It was it was a, not a great decision.
3: I think I think my objection to both of them would be. Like, I don't know what Johnson else... John, I don't know what... I know Johnson got in between the ball it's quite clever. But, and, and what else is he going to do from there? I think that's my problem with the penalty kind of things now is... I know it's a foul in the box, but he was going away from goal. He didn't have control of the ball. The ball was rolling away from him and he was on, he was on the floor before he was kicked kind of thing. But this one was more kind of like the ball had gone and... There's no way that... Sam sort brushing him, blowing on him, the wind of his boot flying past the end of his <laughs> toe, kind of breaking the end of his boot, breaking a toenail, maybe. Mr. That referee, as
2: well. That, Mr. Referee, that big ginger man breathed too hard near me.
3: I know! And it was like, it was, the, it was how emphatic he was about <laughs> the penalty, though, as well. I was like, oh, yeah, mate, definitely a penalty. I'm like, on what planet is that a penalty? But Ward-Crowse, Virtually the exact same penalty as Gidwight in the same goal. Um, brings it back to 4 3. to hold out after some kind of real kind of heart attack moments, even after that. Um, 101 minutes played in total with all, all those kind of things. Um, but yeah, a win. Three points. We're on 33 points now. We're out of the relegation zone. And with somebody in between us as well, I think.
2: It, it's so, Ev- Everton and then Leeds yeah. and then Leicester and then uh, Southampton, I think.
3: Yeah. The bottom. Yeah, few. yeah, so. Kind of with looking, I mean, maybe. Put, put something in. Looking at the running, I think Forrester have got a difficult running. We've got Chelsea away. Obviously, we'll be talking about that in a bit. Arsenal at home and Crystal Palace. But then you look at everybody else's kind of
1: remaining fixtures and there's no like gimmies in there yeah no one no one's got an easy run as it stands so you, you definitely want to be in Forrest and Everton's position given the sort there's of the current thing. scenario three games to go outside of the top three obviously the thing we've said it before the thing that's going to go massively against Forest is their goal difference yeah so even if they could have sort of like hung out for like a 4-1 it would have taken a chunk out of it in the right direction and so like that I know the three points is the main thing but they need to over the next three games they need to if, they, if they're going to lose by all means like lose the game but only get beat by one or two goals don't make the goal difference any worse than it currently is
3: yeah I think I was looking at so Everton have got Man City at home coming up Wolves away and Bournemouth at home so that they're two winnable matches for them the way they're playing as well at the moment Leicester have got Liverpool, Newcastle, and West Ham. Uh, Leeds have got
1: Newcastle, West Ham, and Tottenham. And Southampton have got Fulham, Brighton, and Liverpool. Well, Southampton have pretty much got because they need yeah. to win all. The, they need to win all the last three and hope that no one else gets any points. So, I think we can. I think we can effectively say that Southampton are down, and they yeah. will pretty much be down this weekend. So, yeah, I, I think it's. I think we're looking at two. Four. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah like, like I said in, in the grand scheme of things it's, it's a massive three points obviously, like we said takes them out of the box three even gives them that breathing space that they've got Everton in between them as the little gap um, that, that day in the premiership was absolutely crazy um, so you had seven goals in the Forest game um, there was also uh, earlier you had Fulham beating Leicester 5-3 uh, and you had Everton beating Brighton in the mid in the in the kick off at five o'clock, one five, so just an absolutely ridiculous day um, for Premier League games. Um, the other that, like, the that, other Brighton ridiculous ever, result
2: yeah. that weekend was uh, Manchester City only getting two against Leeds when they were absolutely like Erling Haaland. I think had his charity boots on for that match. Oh. Aww.
3: Well, he music, was born music, in- like the Leeds, the Leeds fans were chanting that he was a, that he is actually a Leeds fan as opposed
1: to a Man, a man City fan. As it's kind of clear, he was born in Leeds. So, and apparently he has done he has done interviews in the past where he says his English team is Leeds because that's where he was born. Like that. So, from a predictions perspective, however, we all got points on this game. lads, so well done, us. We had all gone for Forest Wings. Myself, Stu, and Andy had gone for the simple 1-0 Johnson, so, I managed, to get, so I managed to get a point for the result, and no more, as even though there were seven uh, there were seven goals scored, none of them were scored by Brendan Johnson, so that's annoying. Mr. Moore had a 2-1 Forest win, and scored four points for getting all of his goal scorers correct. So he had a point for a one year, a point for Gibbs White, and, and a point for Ward Prowse for Southampton so to finish out the week Stu and Andy two points from four games well played myself three points from four games but Mr Moore just kept going up and up no points in the first game one point from the second game two points from the third game and a huge four points from the last game giving him seven points for the week so well played Mr Moore to get another win And the win column for you sir so as we said, end of the season, so that, that that drastically reduces down the number of games. Obviously, we've got Forest's games to cover for the last three games of the season, and then the two fingers crossed, maybe, hopefully, three Middlesbrough games to cover. But we will start with Chelsea versus Nottingham Forest for Mister Moore's team. Obviously, it's his team, so he will go last. I've got my result right here, ready to go. Unfortunately. Chelsea beating Bournemouth at the weekend. I feel has sort of ended Frank Lampard's poor run, and I feel they may may be able to finish the three in the season a bit stronger than they were before. So I have gone down for a two nil Chelsea win in this one. Sadly, gone for Gallagher and Madaweki to score the goals. Stu, what have you got for this one? Uh, well, they've like you say that the I think the poor run will come to an end.
2: Frank needs to get himself on that plane to America, even if it's just as like bag carrier or something. He's, he's got to have a job at Chelsea somewhere, has not he? So he can't he can't end the season terribly. Uh, I have gone for one nil uh, to Chelsea, and I but I have also picked uh, Madueke as I've actually weirdly ended up catching parts of Chelsea's games of late that have been on, and he seems to actually have a bit of spring in his step. Considering he seems to be a decent decent larker, so that's. Uh, that is-
1: is the exact reason why I've picked him in the game against Arsenal. I felt that he looked Chelsea's most potent threat at times, so I'm fully in agreement there, uh, Mister Cook. What have you got for this one?
0: Plain, simple, one 0 for, to Forest. Just, just need to get them wins, don't mm. they? Go on, Stu.
2: It's as are you are you getting it out?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. It's uh, it's, it's Johnson to score.
1: He's, uh, once again, he's pulling his johnson out. So mm. That's nice. Go on, Mr. Moore, Tell us how this one's going to play out. I also,
3: when I saw the the, the 3-1 Bournemouth, like the, the Chelsea beating Bournemouth 3-1, I was like, ah. But I was like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe it was just that Bournemouth have secured, pretty much secured their Premier League status for next year. They've relaxed a little bit. I'm trying to be positive, I'm trying to be hopeful I'm trying that kind of thing So I've gone for a
2: Desmond, a 2 all draw You know that yeah, Forrest are away though, Matt, right? And you know you what? Did, you know how many goals did. Forrest Haven't scored away from home this season Exactly oh, We've load,
3: like, we scored loads in our last couple of games <laughs> <laughs> you,
1: know, you give them you give, like, a couple of goals In a home game against bottom of the league And look at <laughs> <laughs> him I've, I've been predicting draws
3: uh, I've been predicting draws for the last couple that is true. That is true. Give us your goal scorers. I've gone Sterling and Havertz. Ugh. Because if you've got an English player that hasn't scored in a while, come and see Forest will sort him out just in time for World Cup qualifiers or whatever we've got coming up next. Um, and I've gone to keep the form going. I've gone a one year Morgan Gibbs White. I don't know who's playing at the back of, at Chelsea at the moment, but I kind of get the feeling a one year might be, be able, might be able to give him a bit of trouble.
1: Bit of a handful back there Paul. Mm. So, first game in the books, our second game of the week, and therefore final game of the week is the first leg of the Middlesbrough Coventry playoff semi-final, and it takes place in Coventry. So, Coventry at home for this one. It's my team, so I will give the last prediction of the uh, of the week. Uh, Andy, what have you got for this one?
0: It's an old one but it's a good one it's 2-0 Borough. Archer and Chuba I think every time I predict it I predict it like that as well I think if we go back we can do like a little compilation of me predicting those two players in that exact way um, so yeah well, you might be able I've to got, get
2: the Match of the Day theme tune out of Andy saying tuba in different I've tones. I've got high
0: hopes for Middlesbrough, because uh, I'm casting my mind back to a certain uh, season-long prediction. that.
1: Uh, well, obviously we will be doing our season-end podcast where we go through the season-long predictions. So, when the season is finished, tune in for that. Stu!
2: What have you got for this one? Um, I'm, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but you can cast your mind back a week when I just said I've got a horrible feeling about the playoffs um, from a Middlesbrough perspective. I want to be wrong. In a way, I'm almost sort of giving this like I would predict my own team to lose pretty much week in, week out if you listened along for the season. Um, Coventry are at home. Uh, they have quite often, in the last uh, run of home games, scored two goals. Um, the game against Borough gave away absolutely nothing. It, they might as well have not bothered playing, to be honest, recently. Uh, but by that I've gone for a Coventry win 2-1 with uh, Jokoresh and Godden, because at least one of them will score if they do score. Um, and. Is basically, I, it's basically I went for the scoreline and then the three top scorers from both teams um, it's, it's, it's business to, to quote the uh, flight of the concords it's business time it, they've got to step up and if anybody's going to do it it's got to surely it, most of the heavy lifting for those two sides will rest amongst those three players plus a couple of borough players obviously that I've
1: not mentioned yeah, I would be surprised. Um, Tuber obviously going at this off the back of I think three or four games without scoring. I don't think yeah, he's scored. He's,
2: he's not started all of them, no, either has he? He's been he's had a little no, rest. He
1: has, he has been rested. He hasn't scored since he scored against Hull. Um, just double checking, no, because he didn't score against Luton. How many did he score for? Uh, how many did he score against Hull? Yeah, look on the screen. There you go. Oh. Merry Christmas. <laughs> you one. No, he just scored one. I don't understand. OK, fair enough. Let's keep it PG there. Yeah. Uh, go on, Matt. What have you got as a prediction for this one? I've gone for a KG1 old draw. And your goal scorers? That
3: mean, pretty predictable. you and Archer.
1: OK, so this is the section of the podcast where, for those of you listening... This will mean absolutely nothing, but I'm just going to show you my prediction uh, that I put in the book earlier on. Um, <laughs> the, only, the only word missing from that was KG, uh, as I have also gone for a 1-1 draw with Gio Koresh and Archer to score the goals. I completely agree with that on this one. This is one of those games where, I think if it goes the same way as the last game of the season, a Coventry score first, I think the best Vora can hope for is a draw. If Borough managed to nick the first goal, I think that if they can then keep it tight, they might be able to get like the sort of crowd a bit on the Coventry the Coventry team's back. So I think the first goal in that one's going to be very, very well. I mean, the first goal in games is always important, but more more so in the playoffs because obviously you've not got the rest of the season to correct. Um,
0: probably probably to a probably a stupid team. question. So I'll be the one to ask it. But since you've, but the, the last two predictions were draws, how do draws affect in playoff football? Just rolls over. First
1: game, first game is irrelevant because it's just a basic 90-minute game. So if it's if it's a 1-1 one, one draw after 90 minutes, the game just ends and it goes on to the second leg. If it's a draw in the second leg, that's where we end up with the situation we had last season where um, I will basically be playing the part of Matt Mower and chewing my uh, my fingers down to about the wrist. Um, if it goes to a penalty shootout and stuff like If it goes to a penalty shootout and fingers crossed I'm in the stadium, I honestly don't know what I'm going to do.
2: You need to take a leaf out of uh, Rich's book. So, my good friend, Mr. Richard Walker, who I've spent many a year with watching Hull City. Um, in all the games I've attended with him, has never watched a penalty, even if we've been in a stadium. He turns away from it, and he will not watch it. Will
1: not I can't watch. do that. I can't do that for an right. entire, entire out. <laughs> I can't just turn around for like 10 minutes. Uh, you might be all right after five. Let's not. Uh, let's, let's only cross that bridge, if and when, or when and if, sorry, it comes to it. Um yeah uh, uh, this is uh, the coventry were by no means the worst team we could have got in the playoffs but i mean that would have definitely been Sunderland. didn't want any part of that didn't want them getting anywhere yeah. near the um they've definitely got the momentum behind them, because obviously they've come from not all not nowhere but they've definitely put a run together to get you um this
2: this is what i was talking about before like if you guys end up bombing out of the playoffs with a whimper for all the good that Carrick has done, dicking about with the team in the last two weeks of the season will come back to haunt him. And I know that he's a new manager and all the rest of it, but Jesus Christ, he's experienced enough to know that if your team are settled, if, if obviously I'm hoping that I eat my words, but unfortunately I've seen it a few times you know, in real life. <laughs> Just, I would, if, if if that happens, and your big performers don't fire when they need him, like, They've been firing all season.
1: I, can, I, I I agree and I do I do kinda of get what you're saying, but I obviously like it happened before when, when the season that they got to the player final against Norwich, they played the they played the full strength team against Norwich. I mean, at this point they were still in with a chance of automatic promotion. They played the full strength team against Norwich, won the game one nil, but Bamford got injured and was never and there was only like four games left and was never back. To like full fitness for the rest of the for the rest of the playoff campaign. So, whilst I agree, you kind of have to play your full strength side to get the sort of the the reps and the and the momentum of You can sometimes backfire when you get an injury to a very very key player. So I kind of understand what he was what he was thinking there. Wow. And like we said, I think at the time it was, it was always a case of they might end up having to play a Luton in the final, and they wanted to keep something in the in the sort of in the tank, where they hadn't seen it. And stuff like that.
2: so I'll tell, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you now, if Luton end up winning the playoffs, like that is an absolute disgrace. A team with a capacity stadium of, what, less than 11,000? Might as well play on a car park, pal. Just piss off. Not a chance. Like. And, oh, look at us. We've got a plot of land down the road. Aye, well, you've got us somewhere to build a decent stadium then. Come on
1: get lost. Uh, yeah, there you go Luton fans, you know where to uh, direct your hate
3: tweets towards. Um at least Bournemouth will, if they do go, up, at least Bournemouth won't get rinsed from the
1: shittiest stadium. In there. <laughs> yeah but it would be like, it would be st- crazy if there were two stadiums in the Premier League that were less than 12,000 in capacity.
2: But. It, it's just I am fuming about Luton. I, I I just don't understand. I really don't get like it, it, great. Obviously, you've not spent any money on anything else other than your playing stuff for the last god knows how long.
3: But uh. the, the only good thing about it is it is it Rob Edwards who's their manager who he left Bobby Green didn't he to go to to Watford and didn't get a fair crack at Watford. I think the only good thing about the fact is that he it is a double whammy because one it it's good for him after being treated so poorly by uh, Watford and doing a good job there with those players. It also is like a right two fingers up at Nathan Jones as well and uh, that that makes it doubly nice that he couldn't get him up in the first place he pisses off to other places to try and do a good job doesn't and then somebody else takes up so that's the only silver lining if, if Luton were to go up I just hope it's not Sunderland I really hope it's not Sunderland I
1: can't go. Yeah, it, it's uh, it, it'll it'll definitely be uh, all fun and frolics, shall we say, from this point inwards or onwards even. Uh, so you haven't, ladies and gentlemen, that is our two games for the week, done and dusted. Um, thank you, as always, to these three gentlemen for joining me to help you through the uh, the murky and choppy waters of the Middlesbrough, Nottingham Forest, the whole footballing world, and for the last couple of weeks, Millwall. Our little experiment, I believe, worked quite nicely, so we'll uh, we'll get that particular uh, gem kicked off full-time next season, and Mr Cook gets to uh, support at least one, if not several teams next year. Tune in next season for that particular format. But tune in next week, where we'll break down those games we just discussed there, the second leg of the Middlesbrough Coventry Playoff, and for Forest's next game. But until then, you say classy... All you lovely people, and we'll see
0: you next week. Bye. Lucky Derby, enjoy League One next season. So there we go, what do you think of that? Oh, it's getting exciting now. Get to find out what happens at the end. Playoff football, baby. What do we think to the playoffs? Is it gonna be a smooth ride? Choppy waters? What do you reckon? If you haven't already subscribed, subscribe. If you haven't already dropped a review, drop a review. If you jump to the website, thecookiecast.com, you can contact us. There are various ways you can get in touch with us. Social media links, email button. You can tell us what you think is going to happen in the playoffs. How about that? Stay tuned. Come back. Join us next week when we uh, review the games we've talked about this evening and preview more football. But until then... I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then.
3: Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe.